0: Oi, oi, streamers. Welcome to Crossing Streams, a brand new weekly television podcast brought to you by the BizzleCast and part of the BizzleCast family, starring senior BizzleCast contributor, Matty G., And of course, myself, The Bizzle. This is going to be a a quick weekly podcast where Matt and I run through the highlights and lowlights of the week in television uh, leading up to the recording. We are going to be dealing with all sorts of shows on both network and streaming online, hence the title Crossing Streams. And... Rather than do what most television podcasts do and just talk extensively about a couple of shows through a whole season, we're going to pick the best and worst, most interesting or ugliest, most terrible, hilarious, weirdest moments, regardless of the show, regardless of the week. Maddie G is an expert television watcher and watches all sorts of shows, always has great insight. I'll be here to lead the proceedings. We will be a little analytical about some of the shows, but for the most part, we're going to try and keep it fun and funny and light and insightful, and also give some behind-the-scenes stuff, some numbers, and so forth, tracking kind of meta-trends as well as individual moments on these shows. The format is going to be pretty simple. We're going to start off with a funny or hilarious or weird story for the week, Um, and then we're going to do a top three moments, not necessarily the top three best moments, just the top three most memorable moments from whatever shows uh, contain them that week, and then we're going to have a worst one, and the worst one, as you'll hear in this podcast, is going to be uh, essentially, you know, a moment of just terrible execution of television, as opposed to just a bad moment in a show that we like. This intro podcast, which I'm calling Episode Zero, is going to be the longest one uh, by far because we're going to talk about our methodology and the shows and, you know, all the things that are going to go into it going forward but the episodes themselves will be anywhere from 15 minutes to a maximum of a half hour. Um, We're going to try and keep it snappy. We do discuss uh, sort of the release schedule. Um, I think we're going to just end up releasing on Monday mornings because that way we can get the previous week's shows and the weekend shows like, you know, the HBO shows and so forth. Um, But also if you watch weekend shows and you DVR them, don't have time to watch them until the weekend, uh, this seems like the perfect time to do it. Um, So look forward to Monday morning releases. Uh, this is going to be the most interactive of the Bizzlecast. We're going to be asking for regular feedback, shows that we should be watching, you know, parts of shows that we missed that we should be talking about. You know, if you're particularly passionate about something and want to and come on the air uh, and call in um, and talk for a couple minutes, we certainly welcome that. We haven't done that before, but this is the perfect forum. So I'm going to get right into it with Maddie G here, so you can find out what this podcast is all about. All right, here we go. Welcome, BizzleCast listeners, to a brand new series on the BizzleCast. Uh, it's going to be a weekly show. Um, I'm going to let my uh, wingman and the guy who came up with this idea tell you what this new show is. Uh, so, Maddie G, I'm going to throw it to you right away.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Crossing Streams, Woo! our new TV-centric uh, podcast that we envision doing once a week. They will be hopefully much, much shorter than our normal podcasts, which because Jesse and I, our nerd knowledge goes deep, can go over two hours without really even trying. Uh, so for this, we're going to be trying to do this once a week. And basically, we watch a lot of TV and we want to react to it. You know, the mostly science fiction and superhero content. And there's a, a shit ton of it on the air right now. And we want to sort through it. We want to talk about what we thought was some of the highlights what we thought were some of the lowlights, you know, even touch on some of the stuff coming up and and maybe even look at a couple of larger issues from from now and again.
0: Alright. So in the spirit of shorter podcasts, and by the way I was cycling back through some of our older ones. I can't believe we went almost three and a half hours on BVS, which means that <laughs> combined with the movie, we spent at least six hours of our life dealing with that property that I wish we had back, although the podcast was very fun. But, yeah, we're going to keep these ones much shorter. We're going to do it weekly, people. Um, the day that we release it is going to change depending on which month it is and what shows because these first couple months – Network shows basically Monday to th- uh, Monday to Thursday, so we'll probably try and get it out on uh, Friday. Do we decide, Matt? Yeah, if, yeah, if we can, um, if we can, and then uh, in, in the spring with Game of Thrones and and Orphan Black, our sort of weekend shows, uh, we'll, we'll try and get out on on Mondays. I think. Um, so we'll get back to you about that. So here's a real quick uh, agenda, Bizzlecast listeners, which is. Um, we want to give you a sample of what this show is going to be about. And there have been two shows that Matt watches that have already debuted, and then we're going to go through some of the shows that are starting to debut in the next month or two that we'll be honing in on. Now, if you've listened to any of the podcasts with me and Matt, you know that I'm the movie guy and overall, and Matt's the TV guy overall, which is not to say Matt doesn't see movies. He does. It's not to say I don't watch TV. I do. Now I am going to try and add one or two shows, Matt, um, in the next, you know, few months, uh, to keep up with you on some of this stuff. Um, you know, the, 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 the the one sort of positive caveat is that even shows like the expanse, um, or legends of tomorrow, like I've seen at least a couple or a few episodes, you know, and like the expanse, um, i've i've read some of the book i i didn't finish it and i'll explain why uh I wanted the Expanse to be really good, and, and the problem with uh, sci-fi and books. Uh, when we get to that, because I do have something specific to say, um, and then we're going to uh, talk about um, what's coming up, and then we're also going to end uh, with you know shows that have just been um, just premiered or going to be premiering, which we definitely would never watch, and talk about why we would never watch them uh, as sort of as sort of a preview um, or explanation a- a- as to you know why we're picking certain shows. Obviously, most of these shows are nerd shows. Not all of them, though. Um, and so, Matt, we're going to get right into it. I will tease that at the moment, the format for for you know starting episode one is going to be, you know, we'll lead off with sort of a funny story or like a weird story having to do with the week on TV or, or, or news or otherwise. And then we're going to do uh, uh, top three uh, moments, which could be, uh, you know, things that are, are good or just interesting or weird. And then we're going to have... a bottom one uh which i could you know i suppose uh cycle into multiple bottoms depending on how good or bad these seasons are but the bottom one uh, is going to be just a a horrible moment of kind of uh, television creation or execution whereas in the top three we might have a negative thing you know but it's still something kind of memorable right am i uh, are you in agreement with me matt that 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 the bottom one is going to be just like how the fuck did that get on television sort of thing
1: yeah yeah or why the fuck did that get on television exactly yeah um so a fair okay. oh no go a ahead. spoiler warning for most people there is a, a good chance this will happen in the show gotham which starts up next week because as i've said repeatedly on these podcasts i watch gotham because i kind of hate it and there's a lot of laughable shit that happens in it so if i can't find something worse gotham is always a good go-to tv show for worst moment of television within this sphere of shows that we're going to talk about you yeah. know i, I maybe we'll have like a gotham everything.
0: sub subsection <laughs> you know it's like top three bottom one horribleness gotham. from gotham <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll just let it devolve um oh we should say uh why we're calling this crossing streams which is matt's brilliant idea again um and uh you know i, I contributed by immediately registering bizzlecast listeners crossingstreamspodcast.com and uh oh, yeah. that will take you at the moment to the uh sound um SoundCloud page uh, that's within the main Bizzlecast SoundCloud. And this will be available on the normal Bizzlecast feed, but it sort of has its own playlist. So if you go to, at the moment, go to crossing it will take you there. So you can listen to just those episodes. And then when I get the website going, which would be in the next month or two, um, it'll have its own page and, and, and will you know, it, it will be ho- hosted there. So Matt, why don't you give the Bizzlecast listeners an idea of uh, how you came up with this,
1: this concept and this name. Sure. So we were going back and forth. I was kind of fixated on acronyms because Jesse and Matt forms JAM. So my first idea was Star Jam, Star like Star of the Silver Screen. But Star Jammers are also Cyclops' parents in the Marvel comics, so I thought that was a pretty deep reference. Jesse mentioned that we're going to be talking about stuff on streaming services like Amazon or Hulu or Netflix as much as broadcast tv shows so we wanted to try to work the stream in there i came up with crossing streams we are not going to talk about ghostbusters often maybe never It occurred to me that ghostbusters was really the first media franchise that really meant something to me i saw i first saw that movie when i was probably i gosh three or four i watched the cartoon Religiously, I had a lot a lot of those action figures. I think my parents actually still have a lot of them in our basement somewhere uh, not worth anything. They are all out of their packages. I played with them all the fucking time uh, so maybe they're worth a couple of bucks but um so yeah, ghostbusters really still means a lot to me uh, and so recalling you know the first TV show and the first movie that really caught my imagination using that to reference this new show about the shows that kind of intrigue me nowadays that felt appropriate yeah um a couple
0: comments on that and then we're going to jump into the first couple shows so you guys have an idea of how this is going to work um it's interesting man you know m- my buddy and bizzlecast co-contributor adam Dietz talks about how you know ghostbusters along with star wars were like the two movies that really fired his imagination as a kid and you know other than both being kind of genre movies in different ways um they don't share a whole lot thematically um and uh ghostbusters is something that we all remember now it might be just our age and our generation and that's part of it and they were such great comedies and they were scary and they were fun and all those things um, but there was something pulpy to them in a lovable and you know engaging way that i think is reflective of some of the shows we're going to talk about and that we watch on tv i don't know if that's too far of a connection
1: i know there's probably some similarities i think anybody who tries to inject humor into a show with a science fiction or or fantasy or genre premise is probably at some point in their past saw ghostbusters and is maybe trying to capture something of that because ghostbusters even in a way that star wars was funny at times but ghostbusters was a comedy that was also a really well fleshed out kind of sci-fi supernatural film totally um yeah and that's why
0: i'm sorry and that's why it lent itself so well to the cartoon which we loved growing up um and also uh why it seems like of all of these dumb movies that they're making into TV shows, which we're going to mention briefly uh, towards the end of this episode. Well, like why a show like Ghostbusters other than maybe legal and reasons and perhaps logistical reasons, you'd think that would be prime territory uh, for making a show out of, which we will get back to. And so, yeah, the crossing streams is, you know, I, I mean, people are watching most of their stuff streaming and, you know, sometimes even stuff that's available on network, you know, you can get for streaming. Like I, uh, you know, bought the the Arrow uh, season because I knew I was going to watch it and I just hate commercials and it was not that expensive and I'm like well if it's one of the two or three shows that I know I'm going to watch all the way through and it's not that expensive I can get on Amazon, I can watch it on my phone, I can watch it on my computer I can watch it on the go, I don't have to you know, fast forward through commercials and so even that stuff's starting to get consume, uh, consumed through the internet Ditto Me with Vikings, um, both shows that we're going to uh, talk about um, at some point, so Matt, to get this party started, why don't you um, mention the two shows that you're going to talk about, and then I'll briefly talk about the two shows. Um, but but right before you do that, I also want to mention that you know even though Matt's going to have seen <clears throat> a lot more of these shows than than I will have um i have a sense for most of them and i'll probably spot watch episodes here or there and so matt will kind of talk about the shows and then i'll probably give him if it's appropriate and we have time like one sort of next level question about a couple of these things something you know a little bit more meta um as we try and put together this puzzle uh that is the giant hot mess of of television and and streaming <laughs> uh tv and uh in 2017 so
1: anything else you want to say matt do you want to get started on the first two shows I think let's get to it. Go for it, buddy. All right, so the two shows we're going to talk about this week, just because they're the only two sort of genre shows that really kicked off, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're going to get into is going to be debuting in about two to three weeks. But the two that did start up this week were Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They had their mid-season premiere for the fourth season. And then this thing on FX called Taboo, which is this Tom Hardy passion project. It's an eight-part series series. Uh, about it takes place in London in 1814. It involves the East India trading company, or maybe a fictionalized version of them. Um, whose leader is Jonathan price, who people would, uh, he's been in a million things, but two of his more notable roles, he was the high Sparrow on game of Thrones. And he was the, uh, the media mogul bad guy in uh, tomorrow never dies. The second Pierce Brosnan, James Bond movie. Um, so, He's that guy. Most people, I'm going to guess, if you see a picture of him, you're like, "Oh yeah, that guy." Um, so what we want to do is touch on a couple of highlights and highlight and, and bring up a low light or two. I would say uh, my my highlight from Agents of Shield this week was seeing Mac McKenzie, uh, or Alfonso Mac McKenzie, Mac as he is commonly known, um, going full carlos valdez or vibe from the flash because all he does in this episode is make puns about movies involving robots killing humans because the current agents of shield arc is about an artificial intelligence a woman named ada uh who comes alive she reads a a book with evil magic in it and wants the book so she can do bad things and all that Mac does in this entire episode is make jokes about how, can, you know, this is the beginning of the robot apocalypse. This is how it starts. Um, can I jump in Mac real quick th- on
0: that? Because uh, that's really yeah. interesting. And I haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in a while. <clears throat> I might, uh, you know, I told you, uh, like I generally do with the CW shows, I wait until they're out on Netflix. I can just watch them. Um, right. But, um uh, <clears throat> um with, I, I love mac he's a great actor he gets great material uh again i don't know where they're at these days i love his relationship with sky in season uh, two and three uh yeah. in particular um but do you think there is and we'll get more into the, the specifics of the cw shows but overall do you think there's some sort of watching of one another's properties between cw and marvel in their tv shows And just as an example you know i've, I've been on record talking about how i think uh Orphan Black people were definitely watching some Breaking Bad, and how Jessica Jones people were probably watching some Breaking Bad and some Orphan Black. Um, I, I sort of see some some connections running through those uh, TV shows. Do you do you think that that's going on, or this is just the comic book thing? And so they're both going to be a little uh, you know snarky or or, or uh,
1: you know sarcastic or whatever at times. No, I I don't know if the people who write or show Run Agents of Shield watch the CW shows religiously. But I have a hard time believing that nobody connected to that project is keeping track of what the other guys are doing I mean, and vice versa. I mean these are – the main competition these people have is with each other because nobody else is doing superhero content on air um, and they are competing for airtime. I mean Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., when it was um, an 8 or a 9 p.m. show – I can't remember what it was – was really running up against uh, the Flash and whatever comes after the Flash, which is iZombie in the spring. Um, I think one of the reasons maybe they moved to 10 o'clock, some of that was so they could be more quote-unquote adult, but some of it may also have been that maybe they were losing too many viewers to, among other things, the Flash and the CW offerings on Tuesday nights, and they thought they could get more of an audience against the 10 p.m. shows um interesting interesting and by the way um in terms of ratings um
0: Matt and I kind of differ about how interesting we think numbers are when it comes to movies and television. I'm fascinated by that. I'm just kind of a math nerd and stats nerd, so that's part of it. Um, I, I do think it's an interesting indication. Uh, a quick correction. I've talked in the past that Game of, uh, Game of Thrones has had up to 20 million watchers. I believe that's the worldwide total. I know that the past this past season's finale had 9 million, and that was their biggest domestically. I think they've estimated that 20 million people around the world are watching it regularly, which means the average Game of Thrones episode is probably six seven eight million which is still a ton um it's it's about double uh a little over double the better cw shows um do you know where the agents of shields ratings are in comparison to to cw
1: are they kind of on par in the two to three million era- uh, area um i'm gonna have to look up what the ratings on the flash for instance or arrow which has probably got the best ratings are so in So the way it works is season one for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the premiere got 12 million viewers, but it dropped to five and a half by the finale. Um, So an average of 8.3. Season two, average of 7.45. Season three, average of 5.52 million. The season four premiere got 3.4 million viewers. And so if you got to figure that that is dropping, uh, because every time it's gone down, you know you got to figure it's going to finish the year with about 2 million viewers or something like that so its ratings are dropping precipitously every time you said the height was what the f- premiere of season 1 got 12 million views okay so we're but, talking about we're talking about it getting reduced
0: by like 5 or 6 times the original yeah. number what think, is it about the show
1: do you think that that caused that to happen i think it's just not that good i think it I think its best run of episodes was the Hydra Uprising in the second half of season one. And I think the Kyle McLaughlin inhuman stuff in season two worked pretty well, mostly because Kyle McLaughlin is such a, a goofy, weird, over the top actor that he elevated the campiness and made it fun. Once you got rid of him and season three was just about inhumans, it kind of sucked
0: um yeah they made a lot of mistakes i mean they they should have continued the political angle the fallout of the winter soldier um the inhumans thing you know we've seen this before in x-men we're seeing it with the metahumans and on cw Um, and it's just such a bizarre property uh, in the first place. And and, but the problem is, it's completely disconnected from the actual Inhumans in the comics, who like live on their own island and are much weirder than any of the characters on Shield. Now I know, but you know, production budget seems to be a limiting factor but if there were really you know 10 plus million viewers when this thing first started what that says is you know it was at the height of of marvel's popularity uh you right. know 2014 especially being maybe the best year of of marvel um or comic book movies in general um with uh with the winter soldier and, and guardians in particular It seems they they dropped the ball on a little bit, which, you know, for a weed in production is a little surprising, but on network television, who knows?
1: By comparison, uh, just to to give some context so, over its first four seasons, Arrow has actually been very consistent. It got 3.68 million viewers on average in season one, season four, which is the, you know, last season, 2.9 million. So, barely, you know, not really that big a deal in terms of the drop it and then for the flash the flash has actually been better it averaged 4.6 million in season one 4.2 million in season two Um, so technically agents of shield is you know its first three seasons it had better viewers but you know the cw has renewed all four of its superhero shows supergirl flash arrow legends of tomorrow I think one of the reasons why is there may be more evidence that they can consistently get a certain number of million viewers, whereas Agents of Shield seems to be on a constantly downward trajectory. Actually, Matt, um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna,
0: uh, I'm gonna pull, uh, pull a curveball here real quick and say, let's just talk about CW while we're talking about right. these things, and then we'll jump back to Taboo, and then we'll jump into some of the shows coming up. So we know CW has been renewed. Um, it, it's interesting that their break was only nine episodes in, I believe, for most of the shows, and, and so that means they haven't even had half the season, they've already renewed it, which is great. S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. has not announced renewal, or it hasn't announced not renewal. Now, S.H.I.E.L.D., in the last couple seasons, I do not believe at this t- time that they had renewed them. Always seems no, they Yeah, it always seems to be sort of a last-minute decision. I can understand why The Flash has better ratings. It's, you know, it's an earlier time slot, I think, Right. Uh, it is. Yeah, and it's a more of a family-friendly uh, show. I think Certainly more than this year f- yeah. uh, on S.H.I.E.L.D., for sure. And I think The Flash, as portrayed by Grant Gustin, is sort of Spider-Man-y um, and, and something, someone that the kids can really identify with. Um, mm-hmm. And that parents want their kids to identify with because he's such a good guy. Uh, you know, Oliver right. Queen, as far as network television goes and comic books on television goes, is an extremely dark character who's yes. gone through an extremely, uh, you know, dark path. And, you know, th- there is a sort of light, fun, funny tone to Arrow. And as you know, buddy, I- I've been calling for getting some of the Arrow writers writing at least some of the. Uh, i 'm sorry some of the flash writers writing on arrow, like maybe like right. just three or four episodes a season sprinkled throughout It, it took a little bit more hilarity because whenever they do crossovers it 's just funnier and mm-hmm. even though i 've looked this up and in the crossovers it 's you know like the same people in, in uh, that write for arrow right for the arrow episodes in the crossovers, but in the flash part of the crossovers, the arrow team is hysterical, even Dig who you would never think could crack a smile or make a joke or you know right um and uh other than felicity there's there's not a whole lot of humor other than some subtle uh steven amell stuff with with mm-hmm. oliver queen especially now that he's you know been a little bit more humbled and you know blah 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 blah. blah. so i can totally understand why the flash does better um it, it's more of a, a family context um but you've said that you like uh arrow more this season than flash do you stick to that or or or, or has it flipped and if you are sticking to that then just briefly explain why you think that's the case as a Flash fan, being your
1: basically your favorite superhero, I think. Sure. Um, Super- I would also just add that my guess is that the CW has much lower expectations of ratings than ABC does. And that if ABC had some kind of spin-off minor league channel the way I think CBS maybe looks at the CW – they could probably put Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on that and be okay with those kind of ratings numbers. So, yeah, you do have to take the ratings in the context of what the channel expects of it. Um, I do think Arrow is stronger this year than The Flash has been. I think The Flash has been too mopey. I think it hasn't been light enough or fun enough most of the time. I think crippling Carlos Valdez's character by sidling him with this tragedy of his brother's death because of Barry's efforts to I don't know if I'd call it a mistake but mopey vibe is not nearly as fun as wisecracking vibe it's just not um, and without him there isn't really somebody else to pick up to be the real driving force of the humor there are a lot of funny characters on flash but vibe is really the one who brings a lot of the lightheartedness to the show and without him uh, in that capacity it's just sort of mopey. It's a bummer. Well, um,
0: not only that, but um, Valdez uh, as uh, as a character, as Cisco he was already super relatable and human even before the superpowers, let alone the mopey. Right. You know, I wasn't The superpowers about- thing I didn't mind. Um, well, they needed it for the show. And so they're like, right. okay, who do we give this to? And I know there's precedent in the comics for this. So we, we don't have to argue over that. But I just felt like I liked him not having superpowers because he was constantly making comments about how cool other superpowers were. And so now it's less cool. It's less funny. So they're trying to give him a different arc. I- I'll give him credit though. He, he works that material as hard as he can. No, no doubt about it. But, you know, his various crushes on cute girls and stuff before in the early seasons, and maybe some tension with, um, uh with uh, uh caitlin or you know blah 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 but yeah the Barry timeline thing is interesting in principle um maybe you can describe why they're so hung up on the timeline and time traveling and flash and yet that's all legends of tomorrow does it's not really clear to me how that works um but uh w- w- yeah <laughs> I <sure> b- can. <laughs> yeah but um you know do you remember when like dig found out that he used to have a daughter and now he's a son or-, or vice versa right and he was so pissed about it i'm like dude you still have a kid? Love that kid. You know what I mean? Like, And this is my whole problem with the CW, and I'm not going to harp on this because I talk about this, are these fake moral quandaries that they don't need because the characters are great and the writing mostly is good. I don't know why they need to force these, these fake tensions. Uh, you could come up with better reasons than the ones they do, and it just doesn't end up ringing true to me, and that takes me out of it a
1: little bit with the shows. But go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I didn't really mind his reaction to finding out that Barry's – like because of what barry did he his child changed even if it's not you know there's nothing better or worse than having a son versus having a daughter but i mean i don't have kids i would imagine if i found out something had happened to my kid even if it wasn't necessarily detrimental being pretty pissed off about that i mean why do they see
0: why do they even have to know
1: why does he tell them i mean the the only thing one because they would have found out eventually anyway and I don't think you keep a secret like that forever. Um, but you have that goes to against tell some theory. people and, and obviously, all right. So they find out in the dominator crossover and the dominators come to earth because they know Barry can change time and because they watched him do it. So by the end of the crossover, everybody would have been forced to find out the secret anyway. And him coming clean with them instead of lying to continuing to lie to them. Yep. It was bad when it happened, The worse it was going to get you know i I, i'm fine with them finding out okay all right well we'll it's also we can we can also consider that particular instance to be foreshadowing even if dig isn't aware of it because in legends of tomorrow there's an episode where they go in the future and john diggle is dead but john diggle jr has taken over his green arrow after green uh, oliver queen got his arm chopped off Okay. so you know this idea of now you have a son, well, are we going to this dystopian future now for arrow that 's an for fans that 's an interesting question, so mm-hmm. him being pissed is maybe foreshadowing mm-hmm. about what it might mean. I um, also think there
0: was a character reason for that where they 're like, ah, you know what Diggle with the son is actually more interesting than Diggle with a daughter because based on his relationship <laughs> with his brother. It seems like they probably had a bad dad, or at least a, a troubled father, or, or parental situation. That's possible. And so I think you know I could see him being really hard on his son, whereas he'd never be hard on his daughter. I don't think in the same way. Um, well, for the sake of time, we're going to move on, especially because we're going to yep. have these CW shows to talk about every week, and
1: Absolutely. we could argue they start about in to- two weeks, and then yeah. we'll start getting into them hardcore. Yeah.
0: So here's, so um, I want you to, to to circle back for a minute or two on Shield about why you seem you know maybe dislike it as much or more than usual. And then we'll move to Taboo, and you can tell the fans what that is because I have no clue other than Ridley Scott's involved and Tom Hardy's in it. Um, And then we're going to do a quick rundown uh, of the shows coming up. So uh, go ahead, buddy.
1: Yeah, so uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's just my problem is that these people have stopped being characters, and they've started just being jobs. Like One of the things I like about Flash and Arrow and Supergirl is that we are don't we are not forced to only watch these people in the context of being superheroes of basically doing their jobs we see you know Oliver Queen trying to date a little bit or we see him trying to be the mayor we see you know the flash you know Barry Allen doing cop stuff you know every episode of the Fla- of agents of shield now it seems like every scene takes place either on their stupid plane in their hideout like Whatever that place is, their headquarters or on a mission. There's a scene occasionally with like Gemma and Fitz at home, but those are very, very, very rare. And I have no idea what May does when she's not working. I have no idea what Coulson what does when she's yeah. not. He's not working. I have no idea what Sky does when she's not working. And it's it's gotten old. I'm I'm wanting more from that show than it, I think it wants to give me in regards of who these people are as people not just as employees yep um and i feel like flash and arrow and supergirl consistently give me a little bit more three dimensional you know dimensionality a little bit more variation in what i see these people doing and they feel more like people and not just uh you know people employees people doing a job um yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm tired think- of that uh, okay first of all i agree with you second of all i
0: think it was a mistake to kill lincoln especially because a he was oh, a God, guy fuck lincoln was such a waste of why did you like lincoln i didn't like lincoln but i like that that sky had someone to hang out with for the reasons that you're describing and they could introduce someone else that's fine um yeah, i think he could have been a different person maybe an inhuman uh-huh. from the comics yeah, not it's fine i didn't love him, him. I, I wasn't offended by him as much as you clearly were um but I, the point is sky had someone and you know right. and, and the two science nerds have each other or did as of what i saw i mean not, I'm, I'm not just talking about romantically i'm just talking about someone who's like a peer in right in, in age and interests and skill levels and so forth uh they spend no time re- doing recreational stuff but that's because it's all plot on, on on shield like that's the point that's the distinguishing factor if you're into like let's put it this way the cw shows are comic book shows that have large helpings of adventure Mm-hmm. shield is just a straight up adventure comic book show i mean it's it's just a suspense thriller that's set in a, you know pulpy uh version of the marvel cinematic universe basically and right. so the structure is just different they're not going for that they're they're you know i mean it, it, which is interesting because you know Battlestar having only 10 episodes uh a season essentially was able to do the adventure and the the character stuff because while Battlestar was serialized, they would take a break some weeks and just and just do character buildings, and other weeks would be straight up uh, as Ron Moore calls it Big max you know, where it's just uh you know st- uh, star fighting and stuff, space fighting. Sure. Uh, Shield could use a better balance. I totally agree with you, man I-, I think they're relying on the strength of the actors, who for the most part, as I've said, are really good. it's This is totally a case of of the writing and execution and. and, and in show running, not being not nearly as good as at least the majority of the actors. I would say, I mean, I don't think, let's put it this way. I don't think the shield actors are worse than the, the CW actors. They're at least on par and some are even better.
1: No, I'd probably agree with you there. Um, I don't think they're being given a lot of meat to work with and I, I don't know how to put this. I'm just going to be blunt. Everybody involved with shield. And at this point it kind of includes the actors. It doesn't seem like anybody's heart is really in it anymore. I think maybe because they're just running out the clock before they can finish the fourth season, go to syndication and cancel something that, as far as I can tell, Marvel Studios never wanted to happen in the first place. Um, And it seems like everybody still making these superhero shows on CW really are into the project that they're doing. They might get sick of it eventually, but it seems like everybody still really likes being on arrow writing for arrow making arrow the same can be said of the flash of supergirl of legends i mean even i zombie which is vaguely based off a vertigo comic the best thing about it is how much fun the actors all clearly are having acting against each other i mean the chemistry in that show and the the fun atmosphere is really 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 attractive about it i'm going to uh I'm going to slightly I'm not
0: going to say disagree because you've seen more recent episodes of Shield than I have but I follow three or four of the Shield actors on on Twitter most especially Clark Craig and Chloe Bennett right who are very close um and they really like working with each other for sure. I can tell you that. I don't know if their hearts in, in the project. I, I think the writing's letting them down. I, I don't think they're mailing it in. I, I think it's just the writing letting them down because honestly, there's some, there's some arrow episodes where it feels like they're mailing it in because the writing's letting them down. And I know they're not, you know, so I don't really think that's mm-hmm. fair. I don't think it's fair to, to, to blame the actors for
1: mailing it in. If that's your impression, that's fine. Um, I also think, I think everybody is kind of giving it about 85% at this point. Um, um, okay but but I, I also
0: think that they're you know <laughs> you know the positive and negative of shield is that it is in the marvel cinematic universe and right so they're constantly trying to make it work but make its own distinct thing which is causing lots of problems but i do think that through we through you know the weed ends and through clark Gregg in particular they get a slight boost of feeling like they're a part of something bigger um and, and I, I you know it's kind of a benefit to cw That they have to create their whole universe within the CW universe, if that makes sense.
1: No, I'd agree. I would also say, so, I I mean, Chloe Bennett has been emphatic about how frustrated she is with the way her show is treated within the larger universe. Clark Gregg has not been publicly, and I think maybe some of that is because Clark Gregg's character was introduced in the movies and was a movie character until... Avengers and all of the Avengers know him. Somewhere in the back of his mind, he might still think that he could somehow wind up back on those movies eventually. And I am kind of of the in agreement about that. I don't think any other character, Quake included, is ever going to exist outside of Agents of Shield. I don't think even if they do an Inhumans TV show, which is what they're currently thinking of doing instead of a movie. Uh, which is a bad sign. I mean, I I think they're going to think about a TV show and then they're just going to scrap the whole thing. With an Inhuman show, I don't think Quake is ever going to come back if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is canceled. Which is a shame because I
0: I think Chloe Bennett has the chops to be sure. in movies and maybe she will be in non-marvel movies after the show's canceled
1: um but- i think she will be too i think she'll be cast in more stuff yeah. but i think she knows that she can maybe burn this bridge in a way clark reg maybe doesn't think he can so yeah. she doesn't mind calling oh, yeah. out management for doing a bad job she, and they she has know, she has her
0: whole future in front of her. She's super young. She's super talented. She's attractive. She's charismatic. She's versatile. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, you burn your bridge. I, it's not even burning a bridge. I mean, even if this go- ends badly, it's not like they're gonna ban her from being in Disney movies going forward. I could totally see her being in like a, you know, like a you know like Emma Watson's in the new Beauty and the Beast movie. Uh, like right, I could exactly. I could totally see that with Chloe Bennett. And there's plenty of other studios she could work with. Um, you know people have bad mouthed studios plenty of times and still ended up in, in those projects so I, it's not a complete burning of the bridge um i agree with you about clark rank i could totally see him come in at like the darkest moment let's say at sort of the beginning of, of infinity war part two or whatever they're calling it you know right. when they're at their lowest moment and their heroes are scattered or in thor's case possibly dead um and have you know be resurrected um mm-hmm. uh, you know and have it, it, him walk in when things are so horrible and everyone just be shocked and have you know in this really dark two-part marvel uh, uh, sorry avengers finale he would be the perfect guy to bring in to break up that tension and have some have some comedic uh relief uh so i'm with you on all those points man and i look forward to seeing where cw goes so why don't you talk about taboo really quickly um and then we'll uh we'll do a rundown of of other shows coming out in the next couple months
1: and how we feel about them sure um Listeners, if you want to know what the lousy moment of the week is going to be, it's also from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. I called out the season premiere for opening with a very gross, overly sexual shot of Chloe Bennett getting dressed, sliding this pair of black panties up her legs that looked like oiled up almost like sheen. It it was gross. It was a really gross image that I thought – was very indicative of a show that decided that's what they're going to do with a 10 o'clock time slot. Well, the season premiere opens with the evil robot Ada played by an Australian actress <laughs> named Mallory Jensen who is about Chloe Bennett's age. She's 27 is or that, so. Chloe is that Bennett's 25. A, is that a... Um, really? Chloe Bennett's 25? God, she 25, is... 25. Born April 92. So she's yeah. not even
0: 25 yet. Do you yet. think... Uh, do you think uh, Ada is a semi-ex machina reference to Ava?
1: I don't know. I think AIDA is a thing in Marvel. I, 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 the hell oh, if I know. Okay. But in an almost the same shot, it shows her getting dressed, except in the mid-season finale, she got shot up. So you also get to see her her naked skin with the bullet wounds. So it's not only gross, but it's a little bit torture-porny, which is the worst trend that's happened to horror movies in the last 15, 20 years. Uh, So really gross moment again, uh, uh, you know, reminded me of some of the shit in Westworld that some of the worst parts of Westworld, um, which I did want to bring bring up briefly uh, just to give my two cents on it. One of my biggest problems with that show is I can accept a world where robots go crazy and bring about an apocalypse. I have a much harder time accepting a world where there has never been a movie or story or TV show written or made about robots going crazy and bringing about an apocalypse. Because from the pilot, these robots start displaying stuff that if you've ever seen a movie about a robot apocalypse is just screaming, we're going to go crazy and kill everybody at the end. And spoiler, that's kind of what happens. So how nobody saw this coming is mind boggling. Yeah. Okay. Taboo, this eight part thing with, uh, um, on FX with Tom uh, Hardy. You sorry, broke up Tom there. Hardy. Yeah, sorry, I was yeah. stuttering a bit. Yeah. Uh star of Mad Max, star of The Revenant. it was in Inception. He's been he was Bane. Um very very good physical actor playing this British guy the who's British away in Africa for a long time and then he comes back upon learning his father is dead. It involves a piece of property he's inherited that the in east that uh that g- gives you access to Vancouver that the East India Trading Company wants access to. Um, and if you like Tom Hardy, if you think he's kind of inherently cool in how he acts and portrays his characters, Taboo is very, very Tom Hardy-ish. You know, he walks around all gruff and he speaks with that kind of clipped, hard-to-understand British accent, and he threatens to kill people a lot, and he struts and he wears a oversized Stovepipe hat, so I kind of dug it. I think people, other people, will be very turned off to it. Um, but for me, watching Tom around doing Tom Hardy stuff, very enjoyable. Cool. All right. Well, we we, we will track that show. Um, do you know what Ridley Scott's involvement is? Just a uh, producer. He might be. I mean, Tom Hardy and his father, whose name is actually Chips, Chips <laughs> Hardy. Uh. They're the two who really created it. Um, I don't know if Ridley Scott is involved. It's certainly the production value is extremely high. Um, uh, yeah, he's a, Ridley Scott's an executive producer on it, so I don't know what role he played in actually making it. But yeah, he he backed the project as far as I can tell. Um, you never know exactly what an executive producer did. You know what the what the actual. contribution they make is i mean Um, we'll see what
0: happens with the new alien movie there's no way it can be worse than prometheus you gotta figure it'd be hard to uh, be worse than prometheus but but Um, if you take out prometheus ridley scott really hasn't fucked up on almost anything in the last 40
1: years as far as i could tell he's made a lot of good stuff i mean that's for damn sure and the stuff that he's done well is like some of the best stuff Freaking ever, um, yeah. And I think you know, he, he unfortunately
0: as like an eighty year old, he's probably never going to win an Academy Award. I think he'll go down as the best, you know, uh, director. He'll be given an honorary, yeah, one. Yeah. Well, hopefully they do it soon because I don't know how, <laughs> how many years he's got left. Although the you know the Martian I Exodus
1: Gods and Kings was a was a strikeout. I for forgot him, about I. that. Yeah,
0: but that was yeah that was a funny year. Aronofsky had the terrible Noah movie that nobody saw. Um, but you know, he came back strong with the Martian and if nothing else, the Martian shows that he does have a youthful heart and for all of his dark movies, you know, and he claims that the apocalypse is coming in real life, you know, if 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 you hear interviews with him, but he does have a spark of, of, of optimism and positivity to him. And so, uh, it's, uh, he's an interesting fellow. So it's a good Mm -hmm. combination with, with Tom Hardy who is never uh, in movies as good as his talent, in my opinion. Um, I mean, in fact, him as Bane is one of my favorite ever in terms of both Tom Hardy and just villains. I I love Bane. Um, So uh, I I might have to check that out, man. I might have to check. Let's see. This is is one of the best parts about this podcast is you're going to get me psyched up to see some of these shows. Um, And so in that vein, we're going to run through. um, I'm looking at, uh, just for the Bizzlecast listeners, I'm looking at Collider, uh, which is a great entertainment site for the most part and uh, has not only you know important you know uh, information like here's the rundown of the next six months of tv shows but it's well organized and it's you know there's not a lot of ads all over the place um mm-hmm. so definitely check out collider so Matt, i'm gonna run through and yep. since you will know more slash have seen more of these i'm gonna give my like really quick thought when i like kind of announce the the, the title and the date and then you'll you'll jump in you and give a more extensive thing if you want okay sure all right so on january 1st the new and i think final sherlock season began
1: my dad who loves sherlock and both of the main actors is not thrilled about it no me neither i uh the season finale is season three i didn't love i hated the christmas movie the abominable bride and i i really didn't care for the season uh, premiere i haven't even watched the one that came out last week it wraps up uh we're filming this on Saturday, January 14. January 15 is the last episode. It's only three. I think it took so long to get from season three to season from to, to this new one. I think Mark Gaddis and Stephen Moffat are maybe done with this project after that. And mm-hmm. you gotta figure Benedict Cumberbatch is gonna get pretty busy in the next year or so filming whatever his role is going to be in captain Marvel and the next couple of Avengers movies. And I think they've greenlit a doctor strange sequel. So, um, (sighs) you know, I, I, I I don't see a lot more Sherlock. I think Sherlock might be done. Um, and it had a good run, but I think it's stumbling at this point and maybe they should just wrap it up. Um, they made a big mistake by killing Moriarty spoiler in season two. Um, and I, think that they've never found their footing after that
0: Mm -hmm. um so a show that we talked about off air that i just want to give honorable mention to not because it's particularly good but just because it not only is it in its 12th season which is insane for uh, anything that's not the simpsons or, or related to like you know the simpsons uh but is theoretically already renewed through 2019 with 14 seasons and that show is it's always sunny in philadelphia now matt and i just like the show for the same reason which is that it's incredibly nihilistic and people who love the show you know claim that's what's funny is how amoral and really immoral the characters are in, in bizarre circumstances it's similar to the sort of the final season of seinfeld in that way which is part of why the final season of seinfeld wasn't great um when it gets too nihilistic and you can't relate to the characters at all uh it's hard to know how to stay with it um so matt I i know you kind of agree with that sentiment feel free to elaborate a little bit but also
1: why you think this
0: thing is 12 13 14 seasons at least
1: well i think it's gone as far as it has because it is it it's extremely funny i mean it it is gut-rumbling funny when it hits. And for the people who watch it regularly, the sense I get is that it hits most of the time. I have a hard time watching people who are that awful, and I really have a hard time rooting for them, Um, and I have a hard time watching them undo themselves because of these character flaws that they don't seem to have any interest in correcting. Um, or learning a lesson about why they keep failing at everything they try to do. So it's not for me. That doesn't mean I think it's a bad show. I think it's probably a great show that I just don't like, and that's okay. You know, you don't have to like everything that's good. You don't have to dislike everything that's bad. Um, I think it's an extremely funny show. That's just not my sense of humor. You know, yeah. I never got into The Office because awkward humor bothers me. Oh, like I watched yeah, The Office, that's, that's and I would feel. I, I, this, I'm being serious here. When I watch The Office, I get a feeling that there are spiders crawling up my forearm. That's how uncomfortable I get around really awkward humor. And the first couple of seasons of The Office are really awkward. So I never got into it. I think it's probably funny as hell. It's just not humor that I – digest very well
0: yeah you have to get used to steve corral and then it's amazing because but i don't like that comparison man i mean i appreciate your personal comparison in terms of experience right. but it's the opposite show that show at least in the first oh. three four seasons of office is extremely humanistic and extremely optimistic uh, for the most part optimistic i mean you know for all the awkwardness in that office you know most of those people are good people and even Michael yeah. Scott Steve Carell's character comes comes around and you realize that he's not a bad guy he's just dumb and you know has a penchant for saying the wrong things at the wrong time he right. really is just trying to be friends with everybody and doesn't realize that boss bosses can't be friends and so forces things on them but that's you know the, the and, and to tie things up at the very beginning part of the reason I nix the jam uh, thing is that you know the main love story with John Krasinski and Jenna Fisher between jim and pam they, they were known uh, with their celebrity name as jam online so i thought that was funny oh, okay. that that would be our celebrity romance name if you and i were, were lovers which we're not Bizzlecast listeners just for the record um it's I've all never- platonic <laughs> <laughs> we like women uh if you yeah if you couldn't tell over you know a season and a half of the Bizzlecast that we that we lo- like women then uh you're not listening close enough um and speaking of women i also want to give a shout out to uh caitlin Olson uh who plays d on uh, it's always right. sunny she's one of the funniest tv female comedians i have ever seen i actually have uh one of my current uh roommates who's a woman her older sister uh, used to be my roommate uh, a couple years ago and uh, she loved It's Always Sunny and she did an amazing amazing D de- impersonation she, you know she's not quite up there with Julia Louis-Dreyfus because nobody is um, mm-hmm. but uh, sh- sh- you know she's excellent and of course Charlie Kelly who plays Charlie Day is, is just hysterical and he's had some great cameos in movies including he was my favorite part of uh, Pacific Rim I you know was absolutely hysterical so it's a really well done really show funny. Yeah. yeah it's a well done show so you know I, I, we, we may not like it we might have some qualms with it but I, i'm never going to hate on a show that that's well done um and funny because humor is so much more difficult to do as we continue to talk about than drama from both the acting side and the writing side i think we can agree on that um january 6th interestingly grim sleepy hollow and then the, se- the series premiere of emerald city uh i'm assuming all those shows are bad i've heard em- emerald city is really bad uh, it's in, uh what what's this sort of um magical realism fairy tale uh you know horror for families uh thing you, any, any uh any theories
1: yeah i i mean grim has been going on for a number of years uh, supernatural has been going on for a number of years sleepy hollow they're all almost the same show there's also once upon a time which is all disney fairy tales but sort of you know what if it was all in the present day, but i I mean none of this stuff really appeals to me. I watched the Emerald City pilot and thought this is just absolute garbage um, one of uh one critical review that I found especially funny is um somebody said emerald city is the game of thrones wizard of oz mashup nobody asked for um i just watched it and i just kept thinking what is this what's the point of this sci-fi network did a four-part wizard of oz take off called tin man maybe about eight years ago um with uh um ah, crap uh well it's got neil mcdonough as the um <laughs> tin man but he's not a, he's not a made of tin he's a cop so that's why he's the tin man and then um uh, the one who plays dorothy i can't think of right now but i'll come back to it later uh, really famous actress whatever anyway um it's the exact same show uh zoe de chanel jesus oh um, Zoe, Alex like zoe uh, uh, playing dg instead of dorothy gale oh God. um but it's the same thing of just you know why are there tornadoes and why is there a wizard and what would the cowardly lion be it's just mm-hmm. dumb it's just really dumb yeah. so i give that one a hard pass i will not be following up on it hard at pass. all hard pass. um
0: yeah and uh I-, I just want to give a shout out neil mcdonald was delightful in arrow season four definitely the best part of that season yeah um, it was damian dark for sure yeah um So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing – one of the great things of comic books are mustache-twirling villains who know they're mustache-twirling villains and play up the fact that they're mustache-twirling villains consciously. You know what I mean? Self-consciously. I love that. So I'm going to just jump in real quick. Um, i want to give a shout out to vikings which is still going on there's about three episodes left in the second half of season four they've already Mm -hmm. greenlit 20 episodes for season five and and, uh, part one and part two um they're adding uh, jonathan reese myers to season five which is great because spoiler alert ragnar is dead (laughs) and travis fimmel is the main character one of the two main characters and so they're actually setting themselves up actually with vikings man to maybe go on longer than we thought possible by killing main characters but introducing new really charismatic characters like like Ragnar's kids uh one in particular who plays Ivor uh the horrible who, who's like a legendarily powerful and, and ultimately evil um Nordic uh historical uh figure but he's just a boy now the, the young actor they cast is great so it's it's sort of like when you read a fantasy author and, you know, and they just keep doing, like, generational time jumps, um, every, after each trilogy, uh, is sort of what they're trying to do with Vikings. And I just wanted to compare it to Homeland, which new episode is, uh, Sunday as of this recording. Probably when you hear this, uh, it will have happened. Uh, maybe, uh, this might come out the Monday, so it might be yesterday. Homeland, I love the first season, really like the second season, watch the third season because I, I, I really like, uh, Claire Danes and Manny Patinkin, and because you know the the Brody arc was meant to be three seasons long, I wanted to see how it resolved. And then I thought it was going to die. It had an okay season four where they were in Pakistan, and there was lots of pretty realistic terrorism stuff going on there. Um, and then I just kind of had enough of that formula. And, and to contrast that to Vikings, you know, Vikings season one and two are spectacular from beginning to end on every level. Drama, action, you know, the sets, the costumes, the visual look, the dialogue is just excellent. Right. Um, and then there was sort of a holding pattern with season three, uh, and I thought that was the end, but then it was, they were trying to set up stuff for season four and they had enough viewership to keep it going and they've really cashed in in season four. And so that's a show I'm very excited for in the future. And I never saw Homeland season five and I'm probably not going to watch Homeland season six. So I have to go back and watch season five. Um, and so, uh, uh, so just as a, a, one meta question here and then we'll continue the list, Max. because I do want to just tease the meta question you Mm -hmm. know you continue to watch gotham for for plot reasons basically um for plot points i think Uh, you know so when do you stop watching a show i mean like if the flash goes 12 seasons is there anything that would stop you
1: from continue watching the flash no probably not i mean it would really have to suck for a long time uh like even doctor who i don't think has been good for two years and i'm still following it i dvr it i don't watch it the night it airs but i usually do catch up on it within a week or two um so flash would really have to suck for a while for me to give up on it gotham i keep hoping that i'm gonna find out the show has been canceled so sorry, that i love I that sigh say, i love that sigh gotham i can't, de- <laughs> I can't defend gotham only except to say that Hating something is as fine an emotional reaction as loving something. So there's nothing wrong with watching something because it provokes a strongly negative reaction in you. You know, most stuff that you experience in your life probably isn't going to affect you at all. And if something makes you hate it, then much like Data with the emotion chip in his head and generations wanting more of that drink that he despises, you know, there is nothing wrong with pursuing one or two things because of the strongly negative visceral reaction you get from it. Um, But Gotham is very hateable. And I, I watch it just because I'm, I'm morbidly curious to see if they can somehow turn it into a good show. And if they can't, how long they can justify going with a bad show. Right. Um, the problem is,
0: you know, at some point, if all these seasons keep continuing, then there's going to be some new shows you're going to want to watch. Like when we're about to talk about Legion, if it's somehow sure. good, you're going to have to give some up. I mean, you're not, you Probably. know, yeah. I mean, so far you're in good shape because most seasons don't last more than two, three, four seasons. Most right. shows don't last more than two, three, four seasons. So we're going to keep moving. Um, I'm going to give an honorable mention to a show that I think is trashy, but I'm happy because of the lead character and that's Scandal starring Carrie Washington, who I mm-hmm. wish was in more movies because she's amazing and it brings up some so-so material at best. But as I was telling Matt, you know, I sort of compare this to even though uh, The Good Wife, it was a really excellent show. Show, much better than what i've seen of scandal you know the, these these female actresses you know sort of in their their 30s and 40s are finally getting their own shows that are you know uh, are built around them and that women do love more than men but men also really like i think you mentioned your your dad as well as your mom liked uh, the good wife yes yeah definitely yeah and uh it doesn't help that carrie washington and Julianna margulies are, are both extremely uh good looking and charismatic um but uh I, I would love to see more of this both in terms of carrie washington being a woman and also being a black woman mm-hmm. um you, you know the premise of that show right she's the basically the pr director for the president they have an affair you know right super original um
1: is it is it
0: weird that I kind of want to watch season one of Voltron so that I can watch season two on Netflix coming out?
1: No, I don't think that's weird <laughs> okay, at all. Cool. I mean, <laughs> Voltron was never a show that really spoke oh, to me as I a little kid, Voltron. but you know, five mini lion bots coming together to form a big lion bot—that's awesome. I yeah, mean, totally. have at it. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, all right, Supergirl, January twenty third. We've already talked CW, uh, so that's that's the CW week. Yep. Um, Legends is moving to Tuesdays, so yep. it's going to run back to back at, next to Flash, basically. So Flash at yep. eight, Legends at nine. Um, Speaking of shows that have gone on
0: forever, how many seasons has Grey's Anatomy had? I I,
1: I never cared about Grey's Anatomy.
0: No, I, I mean, know, I don't care either. But I just oh, oh, just in the sense of how many you know i mean it's, it's always sunny's been on 12 and gray's mm-hmm. anatomy's been on 13 that means when gray's anatomy started we were in fucking
1: college man jesus christ that sounds i mean yeah. doctor shows always have longevity to them er went on forever and there's a reason that we keep getting more doctor shows just to see if, what the next one that sticks is i yep. mean okay. there's they're all indistinguishable from each other. Uh, yeah, let's, I mean,
0: let's keep moving. One,
1: here. Yeah, let's keep going.
0: Um, so on February first, two interesting shows, uh, or I'm sorry, two interesting things to talk about. One is the 100. One is the Expanse. I know some people, uh, especially a couple of female friends of mine, but I know some people who really, really like the 100. And even mm-hmm. on like Twitter, just some like people I follow on Twitter like with the 100. Um, what's the deal with that show? It seems like the
1: premise is kind of cool, but I don't know. I. It seems like it's some kind of dystopian YA future show. I think the 100 is 100 people who survive a satellite crashing or something. Honestly, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, they send, they
0: send back 100 people
1: back to Earth to see if they can come back, essentially. Okay, yeah. So I... Listeners, we can't get to everything. If there's something you love that you think we should be checking out, tweet at either of us or email us and – Yep. We'll be happy to check it out or contact us mm-hmm. through social media. So, make a good case and we'll watch an episode or two oh, yeah. and see if it's worth getting into.
0: If you make a good case, we will for sure watch an episode and talk about it. And uh, if you're really passionate about it, then maybe you can even call in. You know, we haven't done that before, but we'd be happy to give that a try. So, also on February 1st is The Expanse, which we've talked about a lot in the past. For, I mean, relatively, uh, mm-hmm. for the fact that you don't love it and I've only seen a few episodes. That's, that's a case of a show that I really wanted to be good because I. I don't feel like starting a new science fiction series and you know, I'm continuing to have a hard time with these quote-unquote hard science fiction books where they talk about technology so much it yep it's it, it's like in Tolkien, you know you read 100 pages of like what an old forest is like and i yeah. love Tolkien. <laughs> it, this is the same exact <laughs> thing <battles> pages long <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and so uh the trailer looks great for season two uh and you know the nerds fear uh, online continues to claim this is the best science fiction show on tv is that just by default matt and do you have any that's part one and do you have any hope that that season two could uh could pick it up a little bit
1: um i i think it probably is the best science fiction show on tv right now by default because i don't think there's that much that's much better yeah um you know in terms of pure sci-fi not super although actually no orphan black is the best science fiction show on the air but people Yeah, I mean sci-fi, sci-fi, like space sci-fi. Oh, on sci-fi channel? No, no, like space, like future, like real. Right. I don't know why. I don't know why future spaceship is sci is pure sci-fi and cloning isn't. I'm not saying pure sci-fi. I'm saying space sphere is always going to undercut Orphan Black because it's about women and there is still. That's not what I'm arguing.
0: I'm 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 talking about the types of shows
1: that are on sci-fi. okay so space opera kind of stuff right then yeah the expanse is the best there is because there's only like two shows like it right um i think the expanse season two could be better you know i like thomas jane as an actor and he is he was the best part of season one if they make the second season about him i think it could be fun if they make it about the people on the ship the rosinanti which they seem like they're going to None of those characters struck me as nearly as interesting. Uh So uh, it depends what the focus of the second season is.
0: Um, It looks like they're getting more money or just the technology is getting better in terms of the special effects. Um, Which, again, is not the main reason we'd watch these shows. Um, All right, so moving on to a a couple more and we'll wrap up. We've got uh, Legion, February 8th. I would like to be excited about this show. I don't trust fox with much I, but i guess i should have faith a little bit more in fx
1: which matt has uh, praised in the past right i have yeah. um and this show is made by noah holley who was one of the guys who created or maybe the guy who created the fargo tv show with oh, the right. cohen brothers which i loved both seasons of fargo i thought they were fantastic television Yep. Um, so it, you know it, if they
0: go Fargoy on this instead of just x-men either maybe there's some hope yeah. Um uh, a couple days after that, Walking Dead and Girls both return, uh very popular shows, we didn't need to talk about that. Uh Humans, which some people like, come out the following week. Mm-hmm. Uh somehow, um let's see uh bu- 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 It's about robots. Robots are inherently cool. Yeah. You might like it. Yeah, robots are cool. Um and then we get to March and things start getting a little weirder. I I sh- we should point out that they're trying to make television shows out of things like Training Day and Taken and National Treasure. I, I just don't really understand. I mean, let's put it this way, man. At least Agents of Shield is trying to be its own property within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It may not be right. succeeding, but you know, uh, trying to make a movie into a television show rather than a, a tel- like uh, rather than a television show that's related to a movie. If this is making any sense, seems kind of futile to me, and i'll be shocked if any of these shows make it past the first season
1: well they already did uh lethal weapon the tv show which kind of stunk i mean with a lot of these action movies that they're converting and they are all action movies you know taken rush hour they're all action movies action films very rarely afford a lot of opportunity for really deep character development and you need good characters to carry an action tv show more than you need good characters to carry an action movie because there's so many more hours of TV. And I just – I don't see enough there in the Taken movie franchise to really be able to get a TV show out of it. Um, So I I will be skipping all of those. And National Treasure, they already have a National Treasure TV show. It's called The Librarians, (laughs) and it's not that good.
0: (laughs) All right, well, show that Matt does really like uh, coming back on Tuesday, March 7th, is The Americans.
1: Absolutely. Although that wasn't, I don't know if that was supposed to be Russian or French, but it sounded French when yeah. they're Russian. No, it, it, I don't,
0: it wasn't supposed <laughs> to be either. I just felt like put it throwing an accent on there. Some some general world accent. Well, because it's the worst <laughs> title ever for a show. I, I'm I'm a big supporter of not being able to use American, American Psycho, American Beauty, right. American Pie. You know, like you should not be able to use America in front of movie or TV titles. And it, maybe this is just the 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 irony. You know, stretching the irony as far as possible.
1: The Americans, but, I, but this is subverting that because the premise is these are KGB spies. Deep cover spies who are sent to America to live there for decades. You know they are they marry, they speak perfect English, they have kids. You know because they want to, but also because the KGB expects them to have kids, so that nobody wonders why there's this young couple living in the D.C. area, and they just are there. Um, You know, it's they have kids as part of their cover, so everything they do to be to blend in is an act, you know, the wife, the woman knows how to like make brownies and stuff because that's what a housewife is supposed, you know, she has a career too. It's the eighties. Um, you know, the, they run a travel agency. They are pretending to be Americans while they spy on us for the KGB. Um, so calling them the Americans is, you know, subverting it. Yeah. And, um,
0: uh, uh, what was i gonna say about that yeah i mean no i i get why they did it but I, I hope i hope someone makes a show that's just called america and then no one can ever
1: do it again um all well, right i tried that with a band and it wasn't very good
0: <laughs> um <laughs> you yes. no, the
1: americans is fantastic yeah. uh, even one of the things that makes me trust fx is that they keep renewing the show even though it doesn't get good ratings because they recognize how good it is you know mm-hmm. it is Really well written. It's extremely suspenseful, but still very heartfelt. All of the actors are really good. You know, Carrie Russell and Matthew Reeves as the spies are fantastic. The girl who plays their daughter, Holly Taylor, who I think is now probably about 18 years old, is great. Noah Emmerich um, as their neighbor who is in the FBI is really, really, really good. Um, Holly Taylor is 19. Um, so I was actually re- pretty much right on the nose on that. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to the next season. It finally has started getting some award nominations, um, you know, for some Emmys and stuff, but it's really, really, really good. Okay. Well, so check that out,
0: people, if you haven't already. <clears throat> I've got two or three more and we'll wrap up. So we've got uh, Iron Fist on March 17th. And my feeling about this is. It's not, there's no way it's going to be as good as Jessica Jones. It might not even be good as daredevil season one, but it looks like it's at least fast paced and magic And, you know, so, you know, like it'll be easy on the eyes to watch the show. Unlike, uh, in terms of action, unlike Luke Cage, which I kept falling asleep no matter what episode <laughs> I was watching.
1: Yeah. I think it's going to be easier to watch than, uh, maybe a- any of them. Yeah. Um, although, what I'm just hoping is it avoids the campiness that oh, that became an ongoing problem when they brought the ninjas to Daredevil Season 2. Um, if they can avoid that, it should be a fun watch. Um, yep. And then um,
0: a show that I'm really excited for and, and was actually going to read the book, and, and, and now uh, I think I sort of have to wait, perhaps, is uh, American Gods, which is, I think, considered Neil Gaiman's best novel. And one of the you know b- best sort of uh, <sighs> surrealistic fiction novels ever written. Um, it's actually from what i understand it's sort of an americanized um better written version of neverwhere which was an early book that was set in a sort of uh, the underground of london if you guys have ever seen the hellboy movies especially hellboy 2 and there's an underground where this you know crazy fantasy universe exists uh neverwhere is a little related to that um Uh, Matt, I know you're a huge Sandman fan. I don't know if you've read uh, Neil Gaiman's books. Do you know anything about the show? Are you you excited
1: about it at all just because it's Neil Gaiman? Oh, I'm very excited about this show. American Gods is a book I've read two or three times. I own the regular edition for a while, and then I lost it. So then I bought the extended edition with more scenes. Uh, I've watched the, tr- you know, I've read all of Gaiman's books except his biography of Duran Duran, which I'm not lying. He wrote a biography of Duran Duran. <laughs> um, uh, I, I love Neil Gaiman and I don't know if this is going to be good. It's on Showtime. It has Peter Stormari, who is, uh, most people would probably know him from either, uh, the cohen movies he was in fargo he was satan if you saw constantine the keanu reeves hellblazer movie that wasn't very good but he was really good um playing a, a winter a russian winter storm god named Cernobog. um the book is awesome it's just it's impossible to describe what it is everybody should read it mm-hmm. i hope the show does it justice um but i will certainly be checking that out when it comes out um in uh April sometime is what they're looking at so I, I want to mention this oh it sh- has Ian oh. McShane as oh, nice. uh, Mr. Wednesday I'm not gonna say who Mr. Wednesday is because I don't want to spoil that he's reveal. a main character even I know that yes he's a main character I'm not gonna say more about yeah. what he turns out to be yeah. but Ian McShane is such a great character actor I loved him in John Wick mm-hmm. he had loved him in his brief appearance on Game of Thrones I think he's the best part of Deadwood probably sure. uh, from what I understand. I never watched that show, yeah. so... And he was excellent on that show, Kings, which I've mentioned NBC, that got canceled. Oh, yeah, yeah, time, yeah. It's so. King Silas, yeah. um, or Saul. So, uh,
0: one so. show that I want to mention uh, is on April 26th, The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. Mm-hmm. I want to mention this for two reasons. One is... I keep seeing shows on Hulu that not only have cool titles, but sound really interesting. But then when I research it, they don't seem to be particularly good. Like Aaron Paul's in one that sounded really interesting. Uh, yep. That hasn't gotten great reviews. Um, so I'm, you know, Hulu seems to be struggling. Like, let's put it this way. As soon as Netflix and Amazon started doing original content, it was immediately popular. Now they had this distinct advantage you know, Netflix had a huge advantage because they were already the main source of movies and TVs online, at, you know, right. for many years. Amazon had the advantage of us all being Amazon's users to one degree or another. And if you just, you get Prime, you get free two day delivery and the, you know, music and movies, whatever. Hulu doesn't quite have those advantages, even though it's been around for a while. But I also want to mention it because, you know there were some comments when trump got elected that we're basically on a path if he gets his way towards the handmaid's tale which is a dystopian book uh set in in the future you know somewhat near future by margaret atwood who's a highly decorated author mm-hmm. uh, i believe is canadian uh but she's sort of considered an american she's a north american writer um actually my, uh, my buddy uh uh, Co partner at Modiba, man uh, Eric Herman from Wesley, and uh, his parents, who are academics at University of Toronto, are, are buddies with her. She's supposedly an awesome woman as well as a great writer. Anyways, in this future, the United States becomes isolationists. It kicks out its immigrants and it enslaves its women. And, uh, you know, I, I can't believe this show's coming out, you know, uh, three months after Trump gets gets uh, inaugurated. Uh, was, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I don't think this will, e- will ever happen. But, you know, it, it is interesting. And, and as I mentioned, before I even knew about the show uh, or it was really announced, people were, were making a Handmaid's Tales reference. Also, to bring things full circle, Claire Danes does an excellent audiobook reading of The Handmaid's Tale. So mm-hmm. check that out on Audible or iTunes if you guys are are into it Um, even if you've never read it before or especially if you've never read it before Um, so one or two more uh, and then we'll wrap up Um, actually I only have one more Uh, I guess two Uh, one is Sense8 which you didn't like. My dad somehow I never liked never watched. It. I just heard it was stupid. I and it gets these reviews, who I'm
1: so eh about. I agree with
0: you, but it keeps it gets good reviews. I mean, it, it really does get at least. Let's put it this way: it gets good user reviews, which mm-hmm. to me is mostly more important than than critics at this point. Um, and uh, you know, I, I agree with you about the Wachowskis. I felt like Sense Eight, if it was terrible, was going to be the end for good. But since it was decent, it seems like, and they got renewed, um, and they even did like a one-off Christmas episode a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. And then Twin Peaks, you know? I mean, yeah. again, I'm, you know, the theme... Oh, and this is this is what we'll end on, man, because this is what we talked about mostly in the pregame, is uh, as I open up our little, uh, little document here. So Matt made a document of, of shows... Uh, maybe like what two dozen or a little bit more, uh, something like that that yeah. we could
1: conceivably talk
0: about. Maybe we will not be talking
1: about thirty shows sure. an, or twenty shows a, a episode. That'd, yeah. that'd be impossible.
0: And, and shows that we didn't explicitly mention. And again, we're not promising uh, at all that we're going to cover these, but just ones that uh, that Matt put together: Walking Dead uh, and then Fear of the Walking Dead. You know, I Zombie into the Badlands. Lots of zombification. Um, and then we did mention Orphan Black, but I do want to say that you know we're going to be covering Orphan Black extensively for sure. I'd be shocked if that wasn't on our weekly podcast as one of the things. Um, uh, Star Trek, who knows? Um, and then Twelve Monkeys, which Matt is hot and cold on, but it seems like you're going to give another chance. Sure. Preacher, Dark Matter, Game of Thrones, and then there's Netflix. Uh, Stranger Things, the OA, um, shows that I've heard great things about. Um, but, and then Atlanta, um, which I'm sure was renewed because it got great ratings and was critically, extremely acclaimed, including winning a bunch of Golden Globes. Um, but we did a count of these and we, we could barely find five or six that were not sequels related to a previous property, adaptations, right? I mean, from my, you know, I mean, say what you will about these two shows, Vikings and Homeland are both originals right uh, the, uh, the, the americans, americans. Is, is original into the
1: badlands is original
0: yep um dark matter is not nah, it's based off a comic book okay stranger things is yes OA is so, in, in yes. Atlanta. yeah but that's it that's it everything else and again we're biased because we watch genre stuff you know right. but it, it is interesting that most of the good you know stuff genre stuff uh, or, or otherwise on television are p- from pre-existing and yet some of the worst stuff is also from pre-existing any thoughts on that
1: um i mean you would i think the problem is a lot of the stuff that they try that's new doesn't tend to last like defiance and helix were both original ideas sci-fi network came up with those shows helix went two seasons defiance went i think 3 Original ideas, not super well executed, and they went off the air. I've said before, Sci-Fi Network doesn't seem to really be shooting for the moon on any one show. They just want to have a good bunch of B+, plus, B-, B- minus shows on all at once, and sure. then when they run out of steam, they can just cancel them and replace them with something else. So mm-hmm. I'm hot and cold on 12 Monkeys, but that's okay because it's probably only going to last – three or four seasons tops and then it'll go off the air just because that's what happens with every sci-fi show yeah Um, so okay so i'm gonna
0: end on my end with a few shows that i have on netflix um that aren't necessarily premiering anytime soon but i can see myself watching in the next couple months and i'm gonna propose that you know some of that be fair game Um, especially when i'm catching up on a show like stranger things which most people have seen and really like um, so I'm just going to mention three or four really quick, and then you can end on anything you want. And please please mm-hmm. comment on these. So the one that I didn't mention that I thought was excellent – well, I'm not going to say excellent. I, I thought was very good um, and certainly beautiful to watch and the production is excellent is um, – uh, the Medici, uh, Netflix show, uh, they're advertising as a Netflix original. It is in English, but it's actually an Italian production. It's Italian Mm -hmm. producers, Italian creators. It's filmed all in Italy. Uh, most of the secondary actors are Italian. The main actors for obvious reasons, um, are, are you know our uh, english um english actors right um but uh you know it's a little two dimensional and they only have you know eight episodes in the first season and they're really uh mainly uh concerned with in a good way the historical stuff and so if you like historical dramas and you like learning about history, then it's for sure something to check out. Medici Masters of Florence, I'll say, they premiered it in Italy a couple months ago before Netflix uh, decided to license it. They've already renewed it for a second season uh, next around next Christmas. Um, it, it premiered to 7 million people in Italy, which... If you it, you know if you do the mathematical equation for the United States, that would be like thirty to forty million people watching that show, so right. it did really well, even in English in Italy. Um, obviously the Italians liked a fairly positive portrayal of the Renaissance in Italy despite mm-hmm. assassinations and disease and so forth. Um, so I would definitely recommend that again an original property, um, though based on history. Um, and then uh, one I haven't seen, and, and I was really close to, but then all of a sudden, like three or four people that I know said the show is like so horribly disturbing. And so I'm probably never going to watch is Black Mirror.
1: Yes. I uh, Black Mirror, which I've watched all of, is an exceptionally good show in that it's extremely well made. It's extremely relevant in the questions it asks about where specifically mobile and social media technology is going and what it might mean for our society, but it is extremely bleak. It is pretty pessimistic. Most of the time it has one episode that, that sort of suggests that technology might make our lives better in some way. And that's pretty much it. And I shudder to think of what kind of person could binge watch that show because I have been able to occasionally watch two episodes in a row and that enough is uh, alone is enough to make me want to put my head like through a glass window. Uh, most of the time, I have to go a week between episodes just to not feel like the world is doomed. Um, you know, it's the kind of show that you have to watch Care Bears afterwards to just balance yourself back to. <laughs> well, event. that's that's a great transition because the kid <laughs> the kids show that
0: I'm really excited about watching is Guillermo del Toro's Troll Hunters on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be excellent. I mean, I watched the trailer. It looks amazing. I mean, it is 3D animation, but it's like nothing you've ever seen. Um, And and it's it's definitely a kid's family movie, but being Guillermo del Toro is definitely weird and, and dark at times. Um, and they've got voices like Kelsey Grammer, Ron Perlman, the late uh, Anton Yelchin, and some others um, it is really supposed to be good. It's got almost five stars on on Netflix. Uh, so that's one to check out um, in, in terms of cleansing your palate. Probably the show I am most likely to watch on Netflix before anything else, because it's been on my list forever and I hear it's spectacular, is Peaky Blinders with mm. us, Cillian Murphy and uh sam neil and it's uh it's basically it's it's a it's a notorious it's based on uh, historical stuff a notorious gang in 1919 england um it's, it it basically looks like a better version of boardwalk empire set in england in, in the early 1900s and uh, is, has won a bunch of awards and, and is supposed to be quite excellent. And, and Cillian Murphy is one of my favorite actors that doesn't get enough work. But This seems like a great role for him. It's already three seasons in. I'm pretty sure that it's been renewed for a fourth season. That's the thing, man. It's important to me when I watch these shows. It's mm-hmm. not everything, but if I know it's being renewed, then I can invest myself a little bit more, you know, especially when the seasons are only, you know, six. Let's see, season one, season one, six episodes yeah so there's three seasons and they're all six episodes so it's only 18 episodes and i know it's going to continue so that's important to me and uh yeah that that's what i've got uh anything that you have been putting off that you might watch that could be up for discussion
1: well i think in the same uh vein as the medicis uh at some point pretty soon i'm going to start on the crown which is a netflix show about uh young uh, queen elizabeth Yep. Uh, the second, it's got Matt Smith, who was the not most. He's not the current, but he was the previous actor to play the Doctor on Doctor Who. Yep. Um, he was also uh, Skynet in Terminator Genesis. Um oh. he's he's that guy, that Britishy e guy that yeah. you know infects John Connor in the future. Um, yep. Anyway, uh, everybody I know who watches The Crown loves it. I don't usually go for historical dramas, but I'll probably check this one out. Um, I don't watch a ton of kids. Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. Did you just make a Terminator Genesis
0: reference without a snarky comment? Did that just happen? Okay. Yes. I just wanted to make sure. Go ahead.
1: Because one was not needed. I've I've put in all the digs that I need to, and this is not an appropriate podcast for that. Um, I, I just want to make sure that an alien didn't kidnap Matt
0: and and you know and replace. No, I don't have to shit on it every chance I get. Just like ninety
1: percent of 90%, the time. Ninety percent. Ninety percent. Yeah, we're good with ninety yeah. percent. You know, you have to take a break every so often. So when you do take your shot, the next shot it pops a little bit more. You know. Yeah. Um I. One that, uh, TV show coming that I find a little intriguing, I don't watch a ton of kids' TV. I watch a fair amount of kids' movies just because I like like I like Moana and things like that. Um, and I'd argue all superhero content is kind of for kids, mm-hmm. except Jessica Jones. Um, but uh, coming to Amazon Prime later this month is something called Ronja, the Rod- Robber's Daughter, which is a new cartoon from Studio Ghibli, which is most oh, famous yeah. for... The anime movies of Hayao Miyazaki like Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away and My Neighbor Totoro. I'm a huge Hayao Miyazaki fan. This one is done by his son Goro Miyazaki. Um, I have not seen very much of the non-Hayao Miyazaki Studio Ghibli content, but they execute at such a high level that I'm going to guess this is going to be pretty good anyway you got to um, see Howl's Moving Castle if you've never seen Howl's Moving Castle. I've seen Howl's Moving Castle many times. Yeah, that movie's amazing. Uh, well, all well, of his uh, movies are amazing. Um, well, what's great although is, I can't speak of The Wind Rises. I've never yeah. seen that one.
0: What's What's great is, you know, you say, well, he's the son of, he's unproven. But the bottom line is, he's got the whole studio
1: at his disposal. Right, and he's not unproven. He's made other movies, some with his father. Um, okay. So he's this isn't going to be his first effort. Yeah. This is just going to be a TV show that, I think was pretty popular in Japan. Yep. Um, so, okay. So th- th- as
0: our wrap up thought here, and then we'll finally sign off. Of course, this went longer than we were expecting, uh, but Bizzlecast listeners for sure. We're, we're, we're aiming for 30 minutes or less on these weekly podcasts. And it shouldn't be a problem because, I'm going to be doing other podcasts, and we both have real work to do, and so forth. And I need to do edits of it, so it's actually a nice uh, way to force us to do shorter podcasts to do it weekly. And you know, please, if you like the podcast, can you know listen to it as regularly as possible? Spread the word about it. Uh, and if there's things you'd like to, you know, be part of it, it doesn't even have to be a specific show, but just like ideas. You know, we, we really want this to be for the people and not just me and Matt talking about things that we like. Uh, although that will be a major part of it. <laughs> um, so please uh give us feedback, and we look forward to bringing you episode one so just in the spirit of su- of summarizing here real quick matt i think it 's safe to say the stuff we're most uh and by we i mean you eighty percent me twenty percent because you 're seeing a lot more shows than I am uh, right. th- that we are most confident will continue to be good as c w yeah,
1: I think so I think consistently. You may not get A plus content from them, but I think you'll consistently get satisfying TV from them. From those, definitely Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow, and Legends can be fun, and I think it's probably got several more fun episodes in it this season. Um, so the 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 woman who plays Hot Girl, um, she's gone. She she's not on this season. Okay,
0: because she hasn't. She didn't even look the same between her her appearance in Flash and. Uh, and the show that shows the ca- casting is is bizarre, but um, so the Americans should be good. Iron Fist should be at least entertaining. I hope Orphan Black should be amazing. I mean, I know you really like season four. I really like season four, but there was a lot of setting up. I mean, my dad f- finished it, and he had the same conclusion that me and you had, which was it-, it seemed after each of the first three seasons that they weren't sure it was coming back, and the, and season four was the first where they had a traditional Breaking Bad style cliffhanger, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they knew they were coming back for season five in season four is what I'm saying, which means they did a lot of setting up, which is great. You know, I learned my lesson with Vikings, which is when you have a season of setting up three or four seasons in, you know, just, just roll with it. Um, and, uh, I, I, I mean they have so much to wrap up I I almost hope they go back on their promise And do more than five but we'll see what happens The show that we know nothing About that we're going to you know Either hate love or be apathetic About is Star Trek Discovery and that Night we're talking about this the other night we were texting About like where's the information Where are the leaks where are the trailers you know Where are the teases like they're keeping It under wraps like it's a new Star Wars movie That's three years down the line you know what I mean like like, what do they think They're doing Or, or are they already cutting their losses on it and they're just going to air what they have and and save to hell with it well i think they got burned by beyond sorry one more thought they they got burned by beyond i think they were really disappointed by beyond's performance and the the fact that they continue to advertise blu-rays and and digital files over and over and over again all these months later show that, that they may have lost money on that movie despite the totals
1: yeah some of that is their own damn fault. I mean, they did such a pissy, uh, shitty job of, like, marketing that movie that no wonder nobody went to see it. They way, way underplayed the 50th anniversary of Star yep. Trek thing, which was a really obvious means of promoting this new film, um, especially because this movie did return to some of the stuff that made the original series great in a way that dis- uh, that Into Darkness failed. So, Um I don't I think they just screwed it up um and I I don't know I think the May release thing is at this point uh I don't think it's going to happen the production is not hasn't started yet it's going to begin shooting later in January so I don't think they're going to get it done in time for May I think whatever I saw that on initially is just wrong I think that's a fall release or maybe even a winter 2018 release so I think we have plenty of time to wonder why they're screwing this up to come. We don't have to worry about that right now.
0: Yeah, and uh, my final thought is just that you know, if Legion is good, and if Iron Fist is good, and if if Arrow can maintain or even maybe get a little better, and it looks like Flash, at least with the premiere, is pretty dark uh premiere in a a good way i mean it looks pretty Mm -hmm. complicated so that's like four or five shows and if the expanse gets better you know then i'll burn through season one in, in expectation of a good season two so that's a lot of shows for me you had an orphan black and here you go bizzlecast listeners this is the ultimate motivation to listen to the show regularly and you know tell your friends about it because if this show is still going on in the summer I will promise you right now on air, Matt Goisman, that I will watch the entire season of Game of Thrones, and we will talk about it every week if it's worthy.
1: All righty. I will hold you to that, yep. and I, I think it will certainly be worth talking about whether or not it's good or bad.
0: Yeah, but, so. but but it's up to you, Bizzle Guys listeners, to keep, to keep listening and uh, and tell your friends uh, that we're still going to be going this summer with it. I think we will, just because we have so much content. So I think there's a pretty good chance. Um, I, I Of course, we'll have to go back and watch the parts of season five and six that I, I haven't seen, whatever. Um, the, the other show, man, that I, I really want to watch and I just can't get, get ready for, you have sort of at the bottom of the list, on demand, question mark, is Atlanta. Mm-hmm um and my dad says that the, the the problem for him is that it's not re- really a comedy or a drama it's like somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle but it's not a dramedy
1: it's just weir- right it's just kind of weird i the sense that i get from listening to other people talk about it is that uh donald glover had this idea of of a show he wanted to make and he went out and he made it and Uh, you know, it is extremely creative and it's extremely well executed and compelling. Uh, and it's a little hard to classify of whether or not it's a drama or a comedy or whatever. I will probably check it out. It's just hard to throw more things onto my list because of how much TV I already watch, which is way too much.
0: (laughs) All right. So just in terms of scheduling and uh, we'll sign out. So Matt, uh, the CW shows, which is what we mostly care about, start, uh, the week of January 23rd that's correct so the first major uh one of these although we will do uh next week right we've one other week before that we'll do a quick one this week for Mm -hmm. agents of shield taboo and god i cannot wait to hear you on gotham oh my god i'm really excited (laughs) for the gotham the gotham moment of each week uh it should be amazing um, that might be a fun narrative for you, man. To, to you know, to sort of not only just criticize one thing each week about Gotham, but sort of build a narrative about why it's so bad and why you keep watching. um So we are going to start releasing initially on Fridays, hopefully, um assuming Matt can w- watch Arrow oh, Thursday nights. Is that what's going on?
1: I something like that. Yeah. yeah. So well, all of that for? stuff is still going to be, you know. Yeah figuring all that out not as we go along but you know there may be changes to all of that right
0: so at the moment we're aiming for a weekly friday release and barring that uh or if that doesn't work out then we'll be the following monday but we're gonna try and do friday releases so so people can uh watch although if people are DVRing, man it wouldn't be horrible to release the following monday because some people might not get a chance to even watch it until the weekend
1: yeah no, that's okay. I just don't want a new episode of something no. coming out we're talking no, about no. the other one. So if it came out Monday morning, it wouldn't be a big deal. Alright, so, uh, so
0: Bizzlecast listeners, this will be coming out on Monday, January 16th. Uh, in celebration of the season premiere of gotham uh (laughs) and then we will announce uh the podcast later that week uh what the scheduling will be matt thank you so much i really look forward to the series great call people again crossing streams com. Um, and, uh, you know, continue to listen to the Bizzlecast, but if you're subscribed to the Bizzlecast feed, uh, you will be getting this, uh, weekly, or at least it'll show up on your feed weekly. So, uh, yeah, Matt, uh, since
1: this, this was your idea and you're going to be taking the lead on this, um, final thought. I'm really looking forward to this project. Um, I think this will be a fascinating way to delve into this world of television a little bit more frequently than we used to. Um, and hopefully we're able to glean some good insights from it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening, listeners, and
0: the Bizzlecast for now is out.